You are live with Get Connected. Mike and uh, Andy here in studio today. We have a lot of tech to talk uh, in this program here, so it's going to be really interesting. We're going to be looking uh, at the uh, the future of the computer, uh, a laptop and uh, tablet hybrid, uh, a new Samsung Galaxy book. This thing is beautiful. Uh, we actually brought it in the studio here as well to, to play around with Andy, and it's it's nice. Well, I'm sitting here uh, drawing <laughs> while while we're doing this uh, uh, show today. So uh, we'll, we'll be talking about the Samsung Galaxy Book, and uh, is it the right thing for you? Do you need a laptop? Do you need a tablet? You can get both with this new two-in-one device. We're also going to be talking about the future of uh, cell technology, 5G. Right now we're uh, on 4G. Uh, so, you know, if you're with Rogers, Telus, uh, or, or Bell, uh, you know, you've probably got the 4G LTE network. Uh, well, 5G is coming. We'll find out what you need to know about uh, that. And we'll also be uh, talking with the folks uh, over at Media Smarts about managing kids' screen time during the summer, something that uh, I know a lot of parents uh, are always concerned about. On the line right now, we've uh, got our guest uh, over from uh, London uh, in the UK, Ferris Siddiqui. He's the CEO and co-founder of Circadia. Thanks for joining us, Ferris. Thank you. So, uh, Ferris, uh, we're talking about sleeping, uh, and you've uh, got some technology now to uh, help people get a better night's rest. Tell us uh, what it's all about. Sure. So uh, we've developed a complete system that can tell your body's internal time and then help you adjust it. Uh, the, the essential goal at the end of all of this is to help you fall asleep faster, wake up refreshed, and, and sort of boost your energy throughout the day. Um, there are two parts to the system. Uh, the first product is our contactless sleep tracker, uh, which creates this model of your uh, body's internal clock um, by analyzing your heart rate, respiration rate, and body movement with 98% sleep lab tested accuracy, um, from up to eight feet away without the need to wear or attach anything to your better body. Um, and then we have learning algorithms which take information about your sleep um, to create this uh, model um, and, and, and predict shifts. So we can tell, for example, if the following day how much your internal sleep time is shifted by when you're going to experience an afternoon dip, when you're going to be at your peak alertness, etc. And then the second device that we have to help you readjust the shift in your body clock is, uh, is a smart uh, portable therapy lamp, uh, which uses, again, data from your sleep um, to create a personalized therapy program. Um, so you use the product in the first 45 minutes as soon as you wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, just before you go to bed, uh, which can sort of help regulate the release of hormones in your body, which keep you alert or tell your body to go to bed. What, what inspired you to create this system? So uh, both Michael, my co-founder, and I were both chronic insomniacs. Uh, we met at university. We've been, su- we've been suffering from sleep problems. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we're both hobbyists as well. We started off with a, a mood lamp project. Uh, once we made that, we, an acquaintance from the University of Oxford, also a PhD in, in circadian rhythms, he mentioned to us that, uh, you know, light plays an impact on, a, on our body clock. And, and that's where things really kicked off. So we, we came up with a prototype of a lamp. We used it to treat ourselves. We found that, you know, we drastically reduced how much, how long it took for us to fall asleep. We increased our total sleep time and sleep efficiency. Um, and, um, and, and essentially when, when we nailed the lamp, um, we, we realized that we needed some sort of biofeedback mechanism in order to gauge the effectiveness of the therapy. And that's when we first started looking 
on the market for existing solutions we could integrate with, like, for example, a Fitbit or a Jawbone. And when we tested them and we put them in a the sleep lab, we realized they were, you know, in- incredibly poor in terms of accuracy. And, and that's when we sort of decided to create our own sleep tracker as well. And we paired the entire sort of uh, system uh, to, to tackle the problem of, you know, being restless at night and being groggy in the morning. Ferris, could this help people like that are traveling as well? Because every time I travel, you know, jet lag, it takes me a couple of days and sometimes up to a week to get back into like that normal sleeping process. Does the Circadia system help people that are always on the road or, or traveling a lot? Absolutely. So uh, the portable, the entire concept of creating this portable uh, therapy lamp was to create a new product archetype, which was which people can use on the go. Um, it's easy to carry with you. It fits into the palm of your hand. And, and we're also travel, tack, uh, sort of targeting the business travelers. So you can actually uh, adjust your body clock before, during, or after you travel um, to, to help reduce your recovery time. So, so the rule of thumb for jet lag is that for every hour of time difference in travel, um, it, it, it takes about a day for your body to recover. So if I'm flying from London to San Francisco, it will take about you know a week to a week and a half, and it obviously depends on the individual as well. Uh, so for myself, um, you know, typically it takes me about a week and a half to get back in the zone. And uh, but you know the therapy lamp we've been using it, it, it absolutely cuts down um, the recovery time to just a few days. Another question, for this therapy lamp to work, do you have to be sleeping in a room that's completely dark or does the natural light affect the therapy lamp as well? So uh, typically, yes, it's designed to be used indoors. And um, you place the device about an arm's length away, either 2 o'clock to you or 10 o'clock to you. And then the LEDs that we've sort of selected uh, ensure that the, that the photons that you receive from the lamp um, are enough to biologically trigger the hormone release in your body. So they're, they're specifically selected to ensure that they're biologically effective. Um, so uh, ideally, use it indoors. Uh, you know, obviously, if you, if you sit in a, a dark environment or if you, for example, if you're sleeping in a dark environment, if you use it to wake up in the morning, um, it would be extremely effective. And, and the last thing before you go to bed at night, um, it would help you wind down uh, in, in a dark room as well. One thing that you said that uh, interested me uh, when you're trying to put the system together, you tested uh, some of these other fitness trackers like the Fitbits and Jawbones, uh, and you know, you know, a lot of people have these. You know, they they use them to track their their daily activity. Uh, some of them have heart rate monitors in them, but they also claim that they track your sleep as well. And you said that they weren't that accurate. They're uh, 12 to sort of 18 percent accurate at best. 12 to 18 percent. Wow, been, correct. That's and, crazy. And, um, they're incredible. They're, they're incredibly inaccurate, and that's the reason why we couldn't use it for creating the proprietary technology and the algorithms that we that we specialize in the core of the product, which is you know modeling your circadian rhythms, and uh, and uh, and that's why we set out to build our own. So because most of these existing trackers out there, they rely on movement data. Uh, actigraphy or accelerometer-based technologies, and uh, using accelerometer-based sort of technologies for, uh, or e- or even sort of ballistic cardiography, it, it, using that to look at your sleeping patterns is is not the most accurate method, um, and and hence we use three different biometric 
sort of pieces of, of data from your body, which is heart rate, respiration rate, and your body movement. And even in your body movement, we can determine the movement of your left leg from your right leg and your thorax and your abdomen and your, and, and your, and, and your, and your limb movements in general. So, um, yeah, but, you know, the more biometric information you collect, you can collect about, a, about the human body, the more accurately you can model someone's sleep and diagnose if there are any issues with their sleep and how they can improve their sleep. Uh, Ferris, where can people find out more information about this? Uh, Circadia.io or circadiatech.com. Um, we've also launched a Kickstarter campaign about two weeks ago. Um, and uh, so we're live on Kickstarter as well at the moment for another two weeks. Uh, uh, we've got a, a, you know limited offers at the moment, so if you can get your orders in now, you save uh, uh, about sort of forty to sixty dollars off retail when we come out. And what is the price? Uh, it's one hundred and eighty-nine dollars for the combined system. Very cool. For Thanks. both products. Thank you for joining us, Ferris. Thank you, Mike. That was Ferris Siddiqui. He's the CEO and co-founder of Circadia, a new uh, sleep tech system to help you uh, reset your internal clock for better sleep. When we come back, we still have lots of tech to talk. Uh, Later on in the program, we'll be uh, chatting with the folks over at Samsung about uh, a new uh, Samsung Galaxy Book, a kind of two-in-one laptop slash tablet that is actually super cool. Uh, We'll also be talking about 5G, the latest in cell phone technology, and also managing kids' screen time when we come back from this break. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. Still lots of tech to talk. Later on, we'll be uh, chatting with the Samsung folks about a new two-in-one PC. It is, like, awesome. We uh, actually had a chance to uh, try it. You've got it in the studio. I here. have it right now. I'm using yeah. playing around with you're it. Playing, uh, you're playing with that and not paying well, attention to the how, radio show. How best for me to prepare for this interview than to <laughs> play with the gadget? <laughs> we'll also be talking about the future of cell phone technology with 5G didn't even know what 4G was. Well, now we're going to explain what 5G is coming up. On the line right now, we uh, have our guest, Matthew Johnson. He's the Director of Education over at Media Smarts. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matthew. Hi. Wanted to uh, get some tips for parents out there in helping managing our kids' screen time, uh, especially during the summer here. So what, well, what are some... So what are some of the sorry, things go on. Yeah, sorry. What are some of the things that uh, parents should be aware of? I mean, kids have screens everywhere now. The TV, the phones, the tablets, uh, you know, laptops. Uh, you know, it, it can be a real challenge. Absolutely. And uh, you know, it's very easy when the structure of the school year is gone um, for a lot of our standard rules on uh, screen time to go out the window. So what, what are you recommending here? Like, what's the first step that uh, parents should take to, I guess, minimize some of that? Well, you know, it's really a good time um, to think about how you're managing screen time in the home. Uh, because, you know, a lot of the time when we do manage screen time, it's because there's a limited number of hours in the day, and particularly a num- limited number of hours at home. Uh, in the school year, we may particularly manage uh, screen time because we want to make sure that uh, our kids are getting their homework done, for instance. And so a lot of the very practical reasons why we limit our kids' screen time can seem less relevant. And certainly as your kids are getting older, once they're getting up towards the, the double digits and into their teens, um, they recognize this and they can start to, you know, to argue why do we still have these rules. And that's why it's important 
to recognize that the purpose of having screen time rules is not just to put an arbitrary cap on screen time, but to make sure that we have a good balance between the different aspects of our lives. So when we get into the summer, you know, it can be okay to say, you know, I'm gonna ha- we're going to allow a little bit more. And it can also be a good time to give your kids the reins a little bit, to let them start to think about, well, what is the right balance? It doesn't mean that you let go entirely. It doesn't mean that uh, you're just going to let them sit at the computer or sit at the, the video game console all day, but it can be a good time to get them thinking about why uh, it's a valuable thing to learn how to balance the different parts of our lives, including screens. Well, I look at Andy, and it's too late for him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the, uh, like Matt, when when I grew up, you know, summertime came, and I was just out biking with my friends, going to the pool. Yeah, I, I wonder these days, especially with kids that already have mobile devices with them, smartphones and tablets, are they still doing the traditional stuff we did when we were younger, or are they just sitting at home playing Minecraft with each other uh, or online gaming? That's a good question, and you know that's something that, to a certain extent, we don't have a lot of research on. We do know uh, from research done in Canada that Canadian youth in general are uh, significantly more sedentary than they used to be. Uh, and certainly spending more time on screens in general. Um, But, you know, there's absolutely no reason why we can't integrate a lot of those uh, traditional activities uh, with portable devices. I mean, we saw last summer uh, that things like Pokemon Go can be a great opportunity to do that. Um, That, uh, you know, we can use mobile devices to be genuinely mobile, not just take them to our rooms or take them you know, to the couch, but to actually use them, for instance, to go, uh, even if you're not playing something like Pokemon Go, where you've got your device directly integrated into the world around you, uh, you can you know, go to a historic part of town and use your device to learn about the history of that area. Uh, what's important is that, again, you're balancing it. So if you are taking your kids out to play Pokemon Go or something like that, make sure that uh, they're doing some of the things that you enjoy, the activities that you enjoy outside, and not just spending their whole time uh, looking at the screen waiting for that uh, perfect Pokemon. What about, what about the parents, Matthew? Do they have to really practice what they preach? If they're trying to tell their kids to minimize their screen time, it wouldn't look good if the parents are sitting there on Facebook all day as well. Do they, do they really have to set the example, especially during the summertime when the weather is better? Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's why summer can be a really great opportunity to do things together with your kids and ideally to model, as I was saying, uh, that when you're using screens, you're balancing them with other things. And one of the things that we've learned about screen time is that the messages we send as parents by what we do are much louder than anything that we say. And so even if you have screen time rules in the home, your kids are going to be much more influenced at any time of year by uh, how you behave. And so if you're whipping out the phone, if you're up at the cottage and uh, you know you just can't... Uh, stop checking Twitter or checking your emails, they're going to see that, and they're going to get that message loud and clear no matter what you're saying. I, I really like, uh, you know, you've got a, a great uh, few sheets here on uh, uh, helping your kids manage uh, screen time, uh, but really you, you stress be, be mindful on how you use screens. Like don't have all these screens on in the background and not really paying attention to them. 
Absolutely, and that can really be an issue in the summertime um, because there are some screen activities that can be habit-forming, um, not necessarily in a bad way. They can be habit-forming in the way that we enjoy them, but if a, your child is, for instance, suddenly playing a new video game or has time now to really uh, explore deeply in a video game uh, or something like that, then you do have to watch that it doesn't become a reflex uh, at a certain time of day, that they don't turn it on first thing in the morning and park themselves in front of the console before they've even had breakfast. Or, again, that when they get up, they don't automatically check their phone or they don't automatically turn on the TV. You really do want to make sure, whenever possible, that... uh, you know, they're choosing to use a device consciously and mindfully. That They're using it at a particular time for a particular reason. Got Matthew Johnson. He's the Director of Education over at Media Smarts. Matthew, where can people get more information about this and, and more information about Media Smarts? Well, we have a whole section for parents uh, on our website, mediasmarts.ca, and we have a wide range of tip sheets and guides for parents, including a couple of new ones we just put out a few weeks ago on uh, the issue of screen time and kids. Thanks for joining us, Matthew. Thank you. When we come back from the break, still lots of tech to talk. Later on, we have App of the Week with Christina. We'll also be talking about 5G, the latest cell phone technology, what it means, and when is it coming. And uh, are you trying to decide between a laptop or a tablet? Well, there's lots of two-in-one devices, and we'll give you the uh, the pros and cons of, uh, of both. You're listening to Get Connected, and we'll be back shortly after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. We're broadcasting across the Chorus Radio Network here in Canada. You can also listen to us online uh, at uh, cknw.com and uh, also go to our website at uh, getconnectedmedia.com as well. Got uh, a cool prize this week, Andy? That's right. We are giving away the Life Pack by SoulGuard Design. This is a high-tech backpack for the digital age. It comes with a backup battery pack inside it that is powered through solar power. Or you could charge it directly from the wall, but as you're walking around, it's charging itself up. It also, that charger also acts as a Bluetooth speaker, so you can listen to your favorite shows like Get Connected while you're walking around uh, with your life pack. To enter, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Get Connected Media, all one word. You just got to go to search that inside Facebook or it's facebook.com slash getconnectedmedia. Like our page, enter our contest to win the Life Pack by Soulguard Design, a Vancouver Kickstarter success story. You got to check it out on our web, our Facebook page, Get Connected Media, all one word inside Facebook. Well, we're uh, in summertime now, but coming into the back-to-school time frame in the next uh, month, month and a half, and that's uh, a big time for people looking for Notebooks, laptops, tablets. Uh, big category now are the two-in-one devices. Uh, and uh, on the line, we've uh, got our friend over at Samsung, Shrey Takrar. He's uh, the mobile man at Samsung. Thanks for joining us, Shrey. Thank you, Andy. Uh, we wanted to chat to you today because uh, you were uh, kind enough to send us uh, the latest Samsung Galaxy book. It's uh, a two-in-one device that uh, runs Windows. Tell our, our listeners uh, uh, the details on this one. Excellent. So uh, this is our flagship device uh, that we just launched in the market, uh, the Galaxy Book, which is a two-in-one device. It gives consumers and B2B customers the best of both worlds, getting the full functionality of a tablet uh, and the full experience of a tablet, and at the same time getting the productivity elements uh, as a laptop would uh, provide. So we're very excited to have launched the Galaxy Book, which comes in two screen sizes, 10.6 and 12-inch as well. And this is this is running uh, Windows, Windows 10? 
Yes, so it is running Windows 10 on the 10.6 inch, and on the Galaxy Book 12, it runs with Windows 10 Pro, which is really designed for B2B and uh, business uh, uh, consumers. Straight, you know, I actually have the uh, Galaxy Book in my hand right now. I've been playing around with it. Yes, he's been distracted this entire radio <laughs> show. <laughs> a, a bit, yeah. I've been drawing some pictures and stuff. And I, what I really like about it, and you kind of mentioned it, it is the best of both worlds because when you flip it down, it's just your full-on like tablet. It actually can understand that you're in a tablet mode and then you can use the touchscreen. But the case that, that it comes with is really cool because on the back, it actually acts as basically a stand and then you have a full-on chiclet keyboard. Maybe tell our listeners why you guys decided to go that route to to allow people to be, you know, productive with a, essentially a tablet. So you get that kind of a laptop feel, even with a, a touchpad that comes on the keyboard. Great point, uh, Andy. Um, and as you noted, uh, one important element is the Galaxy Book, both the 10.6 and the 12-inch, comes with the keyboard inbox and the S Pen inbox as well. Uh, and as you can see, it's been a revolutionary keyboard itself. It's special on the Galaxy Book 10, uh, the 12-inch actually, uh, has a large touchpad, which makes it more seamless, and uh, uh, the oral experience uh, is significantly better, as you would uh, expect out of a high-end laptop as well. And the keyboard also has a backlit keyboard. It has chiclet keys as well uh, to offer consumers a full-blown experience, uh, as they would expect. Stray, I hope you don't want to get a little too techy here, but uh, just curious, what kind of processor is running this uh, in the back, uh, running and powering Windows 10? So this, both uh, Galaxy Book uh, 10.6 and 12-inch, comes with the latest uh, seventh generation of Intel Core processors in it. So it's the latest technology out there in the market. Um, the 10.6-inch uh, product comes with the Intel Core M processor, and the 12-inch comes with the full workhorse for productivity, which is the Intel Core i5 uh, processor in it. And both products are uh, loaded up with memory uh, on board and uh, as uh, SD as well. Another great feature, and you know, anybody that has a Galaxy phone is going to want to have to check out the Galaxy Book because you have this really cool feature called Samsung Flow. Tell us, the listeners, about what that is all about. Fantastic. So Samsung Flow is an innovation that Samsung's driving that connects the best of both worlds. So as you noted, if you have a Galaxy phone, uh, or for that matter, even our smartwatches such as the Gear S3 as well, you can seamlessly unlock the Galaxy Book by just having the product uh, close by uh, to the Galaxy Book uh, in your phone. And, and so that's a very cool feature, and it works also seamlessly uh, between uh, transferring or working off your Galaxy Book and having the phone appear as a skin on your actual uh, platform, on your Windows platform as well. So now, imagine this. You've got your Samsung smartphone, uh, which could be a Galaxy S8 or an S8 Plus uh, as an example, and you can seamlessly have that appear on, your, uh, on, on the desktop of your uh, Galaxy Book as well, and then drag, drop, type uh, emails, work on text messages, etc., directly out of your Galaxy Book as you would appear uh, working out of your Galaxy phone at the same time. That's perfectly it. I, I love the fact that it just kind of works. It, you really are creating that ecosystem. Uh, let's get in about the S Pen. I, you know, the S Pen, I think, has been around since about 2012. Why did you guys decide to include that? Because it gives you a lot of different ways to interact with this computer. Of course, you could use a touchscreen, you can use the keyboard, you could use the mouse, and now you can use a pen with the S Pen. 
Yeah, so S10 is uh, one of the key value props that we see. We want to make it very easy for students or uh, consumers or even the B2B side to easily navigate and get the full potential and the experience that comes out of the Galaxy Book. So whether it's someone that's uh, making notes uh, and would rather prefer making notes than type, they're able to do that using the S10 functionality. In many cases, whether you're painting or you're sketching or doing art- artistic stuff, uh, out of the Galaxy Book, it uh, absolutely allows us uh, using using the S Pen as well. And the key thing about the S Pen is it is included in box, and you never need it to be charged. Uh, that's a unique technology that we ha- uh, that's incorporated in as well. And uh, in addition to that, you can get the Air Command features as well, which are useful features uh, that you can share elements uh, and just uh, drag and drop in and share products uh, online as well. What kind of pricing are we looking at for the two different models, Shrey? So the products are very competitively priced. Uh, looking at other products in the market, the 10.6 inch uh, comes in at 8.99. Uh, so that's uh, packed in with our uh, Intel Core M processor, four gigs of uh, RAM, and 64 gigs of uh, memory on board. Uh, and the 12 inch is positioned at 18.99, uh, which comes with the Intel Core i5 processor, eight gigs of memory, and 256 gigs of SD. And both products, very important to note, comes again with the keyboard and pen included in box. And that's, you know, that's actually a good point because a lot of these uh, kind of convertibles now, um, you got to buy that extra. Like you can buy the kind of the, the screen or the tablet side, but then you got to buy the, the pen. Keyboard. Then you got to buy the keyboard. And that adds, honestly, another few hundred dollars. Right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, for most consumers, we see anytime they look at a high end product such as these, uh, or technology savvy products, they would expect the keyboard to be part of that. And so our uh, intent is to make it seamless and very easy for consumers to get everything in one package. Shrey, I want to thank you for joining us. Where can people find out more information about these? They can easily log into Samsung.com uh, on the Canadian website. Both products are listed up there, and they're also available at uh, uh, our partners across the country and at Samsung uh, stores across the country as well. We've been talking with Shrey Takrar. He's the director and category head over uh, the mobile division at Samsung Electronics about the new Samsung Galaxy Book. If you get a chance, got to go in store and check one of these things out. They are beautiful. And, uh, I don't. I don't think I want to give this one back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting not, so used to it. Not getting it back. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be learning about the latest in cell phone technology, 5G. If you didn't know what 4G is, we'll explain that uh, as well uh, and uh, what the future is uh, coming up. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. Uh, we still got a lot of tech to talk. Of course, we're going to have our app of the week with Christina shortly uh, as well. Uh, the prize one more time, Andy. We are giving away the Life Pack. This is a Vancouver Kickstarter Kickstarter success story. It is a high-tech backpack for the digital age. It features a solar bank that can charge up a battery pack that can charge your phone, and it also acts as a Bluetooth speaker so you could listen to music podcasts or radio shows like this on the go wherever you are and while you're out in the sun it is charging up your backpack all you got to do is go to our web our facebook page get connected media go to facebook.com slash get connected media like our page enter our contest to win the life pack by soul guard designs a vancouver kickstarter success story you got to check out this backpack on our facebook page get connected media all one word on facebook right now we want to talk about the future of uh I guess, cell phone technology and just connections in general. Uh, on the line, we've uh, got our guest, Lindsay Notwell. He's the VP 
Global Carrier Operations and VP and General Manager for Canada over at uh, Cradle Point. Thanks for joining us, Lindsay. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, just before we get into what 5G is, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what Cradle Point is all about. Sure. So Cradle Point is one of those brands that a lot of people have never heard about, but that you've most likely used. Good example of that is uh, if you've ever gone to a Tim Hortons and their primary internet connection was down, they have failed over using Cradle Point technology to cellular so they can always be processing credit cards because hardly anyone carries cash anymore. And of course, we need to process credit cards. So we provide a lot of enterprise connectivity for companies to either provide resiliency or connectivity in mobile environments and things like that. You keep the donuts flowing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Very important. It, no, it is super, super important. Uh, but interesting, uh, you obviously rely on connectivity to, for your, your business to help businesses. Uh, we're talking about 5G now. And, you know, I'm just wondering if a lot of listeners even know what 4G is uh, as well. Maybe you can explain that to, to the listeners. Sure. Sure. Well, first of all, let's start with the G. It's just the generation. So if you think back in, in, in years ago when cell phones were analog, that was 1G. And then along came the next generation and the next generation. 4G, the fourth generation, is the current technology. And by and large, as far as the average consumer is concerned, it simply means that's, that's how my phone connects to the tower. But uh, it's somewhat significant in that that's the generation in which wireless became faster than wires. And so now uh, not just consumers are benefiting that from video and, and you know, newer kinds of applications that uh, enterprises now don't have to wait for the wire. They can actually use wireless to run their business on. So it's, it's a very fast technology, but 5G will put that on steroids. So let's talk about that. I, you know, with 4G, a lot of folks have that now with their cell phone plans, uh, 4G LTE, and you can stream, uh, you know, high-res 4K video. Uh, so, you know, it's obviously very powerful. What, what is 5G going to bring to the table? Yeah, it's a, actually a great analogy. So 4G, uh, 4K video would probably not do well over 4G. It'll do okay, but as those, you know, resolutions get up there, and pretty soon we'll be talking about 8K, that's when you need to jump to that next generation. But it'll also enable whole new types of applications because each generation is generally, you know, 10 or more times faster. And in the case of 5G, it'll even be more responsive. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of different applications, one of which is, is virtual reality. So most VR applications today are wired. That headset's wired to the computer because wireless, even in the Wi-Fi world, isn't fast enough or more appropriately responsive enough to be able to react to when you turn your head. And so you get literally motion sickness because of that. 5G is intended to solve that because it's much more responsive. Uh, so think about things even in the business world like remote surgeries. So now I could have the world expert on 
whatever it is, be able to operate on somebody remotely uh, half a world away just because we've got that capability. So it just introduces new, new applications, new capabilities that were just not there before. VR is a great one. Uh, augmented reality is another one. These new applications will start coming to the fore as 5G starts rolling out. Lindsay, I have a question. You, you know, 5G is going to roll out, but do we have to have different types of technology in our mobile devices to take advantage of those 5G speeds, like new type of wireless cards in, yeah. in a variety of devices? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the, the short answer is that eventually you will, but frankly, we are all getting new phones every year or two anyway, so I wouldn't overly worry about that. But even before 5G comes, because the true 5G standards are, are not done yet. It's going to take a couple of years before they're done, before they build it into the network and so on. So you, what you'll see is an ever-increasing, it's, it's really sort of an evolution to 5G, where you'll see more and more speeds and more and more capabilities built into that uh, and then eventually they will. So true 5G years from now will require new hardware, but frankly, most of us will have changed out our devices many times uh, till then anyway. So it, it really won't be a big deal. So what applications for, for you guys, uh, for, for Cradle Point, like how, how, how are you going to use that to help businesses? Yeah, so, so one thing I've just mentioned, which is let me take my subject matter expert, whether that's a surgeon or a technician or, or, or whatever the case may be, and allow them remote eyes, remote hands, remote capabilities in places that are either too difficult to get to, um, and, and in some, or, or, to you places you don't want to be, like a middle of a fire, uh, you know, where I could perhaps do remote robotics into a place where I don't want my humans to be because it isn't, you know, good for them to be there, those kinds of environments. New applications like autonomous driving, you, you know, scary or not scary, depending on, I think, how old you are. Um, it, it, it's something that's going to require high speed and low uh, high responsiveness, low, as we call it, latency. And so that kind of capability is going to be something that is going to require those uh, capabilities, but it's a whole new application that we'll all be able to benefit from at some point. Fascinating stuff. Where can people find out more information about Cradle Point, Lindsay? Yeah, uh, www.cradlepoint.com. And uh, there's lots of very interesting information there, case studies, success stories, white papers, and so on. When we come back from the break, it's App of the Week time. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected, App of the Week time with Christina, who's in studio. What do you got for us this time? I have an app that you can enjoy this very weekend. What's it called? It's called Learn to Camp. Learn to Camp. I, I love it. So what does it do? It teaches you how to camp, but it also helps you find campgrounds in Canada. It was actually released by Parks Canada. So it actually also comes in both languages, which is fantastic. And is it just for uh, kind of provincial uh, campsites? Uh, I think it's got all of the available campsites in there. Very, very cool. Yeah. And so what kind of tips can you get? Uh, it has everything from how to plan for your trip and what kind of equipment you'll have, right down to how to set up your tent and how to light your campfire 
and what to do when it rains on your camping trip, <laughs> which we are familiar with here in BC. Yeah, it happens more than I'd uh, like. What about uh, bears? Bears. There is a keeping safe tutorial in here as well. I, I think I could probably uh, use that. Uh, and again, what is it called? Called Learn to Camp. Learn to Camp. And uh, for what platforms? For both platforms, of course. Apple and uh, Android. Thanks uh, for letting us know. Thank you. That's all the time we have left. Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off. We will see you again next time.